0: Well, we're going to change the order of the service this morning. How about that? Don't sit down. I don't think I'm going to preach long, but the Lord, anyway, you'll find out. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's right in the middle of your Bible, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and then you get to the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, but Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. While you're turning there let me just give you a little background here Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon at the end of his life so Solomon has was raised in a godly home if you would with David and, and Bathsheba was his mother he became king and then once he became king he lived for the Lord for many years but then he decided he loved women and wine and song and so he amassed himself a fortune, but in the middle of trying to put all that together, he lost out with God. There was a prophet that came to him and told him that there was going to be another king was going to take his place because he had lost out with God. You can find that in the book of First Chronicles. And as he realized that, he began to assess his life. He began to say, what have I done with my life? And the book of Ecclesiastes is the book of Solomon as he tries to get himself back right with God. So that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is. He he calls it The Preacher. That's the title of the book, Ecclesiastes or The Preacher. And so we're going to hear this morning from Ecclesiastes chapter 6, and then I'm going to go back and pick up some stuff in chapter 3. But let's just hear for just a moment this morning, and let's hear what the preacher has to say. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 says this, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, honor, so that he wants for nothing, for his soul of all that he desires. Yet God gives him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eats it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. Turn with me, if you would, to one page back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and listen to the words of the preacher As he says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Did you catch that? To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, amen, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace, what profit hath he that worketh in that which he labors? I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. So we're going to talk this morning about these two passages. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak, Lord. And now I pray in Jesus' name, God, give me your mind, God. Hallelujah. Give me your words this morning, God, as you've already spoken in our midst, O God. So let me build, O God, on what you've said, Father God, that this congregation might hear your voice, Lord God, and your desire for this service, this Sunday morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I'm talking to you this morning about squandered opportunities. Squandered opportunities. There is a a thing that the Bible says is an evil that is common among men. An evil that is common among men. It's a man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor so that he wants for nothing of all his soul desires. God desires to prosper you. God desires to move you forward. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and everyone that's in this congregation today has some gift Or some calling that God has placed upon your life and it is without repentance it will always be with you there'll never be a time whenever you don't feel that gift and that calling burning in your soul it will always be there it it, it doesn't go away God doesn't pull his back he doesn't change his mind because he gifted you and he called you and he's not going to change his mind so the gifts and callings of God are always without repentance and you're always going to feel that gift and you're always going to feel that calling God gives you the ability isn't that what he said God gave them ability to amass wealth and fame and fortune and all that stuff God gives you the ability to be able to do exactly what he has gifted you and called you to do whatever that gifting and calling is in your life today God has given you the mind you got the you got the intelligence you've got the abilities you've got everything that you need in order to accomplish what God has given you to do If God has called you to be a teacher, you have the ability to go to college and get that. If God has called you to be a banker, if God has called you to weld, if God has called you to to be a coach, whatever God has called you to do, if he's called you to work in the church, if he's called you to play a guitar, whatever God has called you to do, you have the talent and you have the ability to do it or God wouldn't have called you in it. God gave you the ability to be able to do it. Does that make sense to you? God wouldn't have called you into it if He wasn't going to give you the stuff He needed in order to do it. He gave Moses the stuff He needed in order to do it. He spent 40 years in the palace of Pharaoh learning how to be in the presence of a king, and then He failed, and then He went on the backside of the desert and spent 40 years learning how to be humble. So that whenever He took over the children of Israel, God called Him the most meek man that's ever lived. You know what the word meek means? It doesn't mean weak. A meek man is not a weak man. A a meek man is a man that's under discipline. It's a man who knows how to react. It's a man who understands when it's time to speak, when it's time to be quiet. When he understands when it's time to plant, he understands when it's time to plow. He understands those things. A meek man is a man that's under discipline and a meek man becomes a meek man because he learns how to be humble and he learns how to act and God gives him the ability to be able to do what God has called him to do. God's given you the ability this morning to do what he's called you to do. I don't care if you're 12 years old or 112 years old. God's given you the ability to do what he's called you to do. He gave this man the ability to amass wealth. He gave this man ability to be able to put things together. He gave this man the ability to be able to build, to be able to do whatever God had called him to do. But what was the problem? What is the problem in this passage? The problem is this, God gave him the ability to do it, but yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eats it. This is vanity and an evil disease. What's the disease? The disease is that when it was time for him to do it, he wouldn't do it. The disease is the opposite of meekness, it's rebellion. When God gave you the time and the ability to be able to break that habit that you've been dealing with, you wouldn't do it. Meddling now. When God gave you the time and the ability and put an opportunity in front of you for a new job, a new direction, a new future, a new whatever, you wouldn't move into it because you're afraid you couldn't do it. You wouldn't leave the old to go into the new. You see, there's a time and a season for everything but if you're not willing to leave where you are to go where God's taken you, then you're going to squander that opportunity. Whether I've, I've, I've seen this and heard this and experienced this myself. God calls you to the front. He says, today I'm here. I'll meet your needs. I'm going to, my, my spirit's here. I'm going to answer your prayers. I'm going to cause the power of God to move in your life. Whatever you need, children, come up here and get it and you feel God tugging at your soul, and you know it's God, and you say, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You know, I I don't wanna, I'm already seated. I mean, I don't wanna get up. If I go up there, everybody's gonna gather around me. What are people gonna think? And what happens to that opportunity that God gave you to get a prayer answered? What happened to it? You squandered it. It's gone. You come down here next week and you say, okay, God, I'm ready. And guess what? God's removed that. It's not there anymore. It's not there. It's gone. Where did it go? You didn't reap it when it was time to reap it, and now it's died in the field, and that opportunity is squandered. God puts it on your heart to raise your hands and praise the Lord during the praise and worship. And you say, oh, I can't sing I'm I'm just not into all that. I'm tired. And then God shows up to meet your need, and guess what? You hadn't prepared yourself. You're just like the ten virgins. There were five wise and five foolish. What's the difference between the wise and the foolish? Somebody tell me. What's the difference between the wise and the foolish in that parable? Five had oil. Five didn't have oil. Five had prepared themselves five were ready, five were, were expecting, five had prepared themselves, five just showed up. They had their lamps, had them trimmed, had enough oil for a little while, but over time that oil ran out. And what did they do when they knew the oil was out? They sat on their laurels, they sat there, they didn't go, they didn't go look for somebody to sell them more oil until it was too late. And what happened because it was too late? They squandered an opportunity. They couldn't go in. Why? Because they waited too late to do what they knew to do. There's a time for everything. There's a time this morning for you to get saved. There's a time for you this morning to break habits. There's a time for you this morning to change your life. There's an opportunity for you today to see God manifest. If you you know, they tell us, I, I don't, I don't know this for certain. But, but they, they always publish all these, uh, all these percentages of, of, of things, you know, that they've get, gotten from all these research things, and they tell us that in the assemblies of God, less than 50%, a matter matter of fact, the number is more like in the 30s, has ever been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, and that's the thing that changes you. He breaks the sinful nature within you, and he changes your heart, and he changes your cussing machine mouth into a praise manufacturer that now worships God. He puts a conscience within you. He changes things in your heart. That is the Holy Spirit. It's symbolized in the Old Testament by the high priest. Whenever he became high priest, they did two things. They put a drop of blood on his right ear, his right thumb, and his right toe, but then they sealed it with a drop of oil on his right ear on his right finger and on the right thumb and on his right toe so the symbol there is that the blood of Jesus Christ comes in and washes away my sin and then the Holy Spirit comes in and he seals it to let me know that something's happened to me hallelujah he lets me know that I moved. glory to God something's happening to me right now He, he seals it by letting you know that you've moved from death unto life you are no longer under the power of sin I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How do you know that? Because the Holy Spirit sealed it in my soul. And that's good. That's a good thing. But there's a second, there's a second definite work of the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to live for Jesus every day. And it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they tell us that in the assemblies of God, which is a Pentecostal fellowship, in case you didn't know, they tell us that there's less than 50% and the number's more in the 30s that have actually been filled with the Holy Spirit, which means somewhere around 60% of the people sitting in the pews have never experienced the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So if I look across you today, and I don't think that number's true of you, but if I was to look across you, did you get that? I want to make sure you don't misquote me here. If I was to look across you today, and you look like you're pretty evenly divided, so I would say 50 are here and 50 are here, 50%. And so what that would tell me is that if this side was all field, this side was not. That's what that would tell me. And if I made an appeal this morning that said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, then I want you to come down this morning and be filled, how many people do you think would show up? You've seen me make those appeals before. How many have shown up? Two, three, five. Which if half of you are and half of you aren't, I should have 75. Because who wouldn't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's the power of God. It's the power of God that gives you the strength and the ability to be able to live for God every day. It's communication. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. It's direct communication with God. It's moving into the throne room. It's ushering into the glory glory of God. Why would you not want to experience that? But yet in the assemblies of God churches, We find people every week that squander the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm telling you, there'll come a day when you'll wonder why you were even concerned about it. Because God gave you the ability to obtain wealth and power and anointing and the infilling, but because you squandered the opportunity and you treated it as an unholy thing, now God has removed that ability. Doesn't mean when, when I say that, it doesn't mean that God removed it. What that means is that you removed it to the point that you're no longer interested in it. So that no matter what God does, it's not going to matter to you. I preached sermons before where I have hammered the importance of being married, where I have hammered. Hammered it to the point that I was embarrassed and I said, Holy Spirit, let up. This is don't, oh, this is so hard to preach this. And on the way out, had people that I know were living together shake my hand and tell me it was a great sermon. Maybe I should go to this side. Y'all aren't seeming to amen it too much over here. I'm gonna have to try over here for a minute. Why? How could they do that? How can they listen to me tell them that if you're not married, you're living in sin, it's fornication, you're not going to go to heaven, and then tell me they enjoyed it. How could that even be? It's because their conscience have become seared, and even though God tries to work with them, they've lost the ability to be able to feel the presence of God, to be able to do what God has given them to do. Their conscience has become seared, and God himself has removed that ability... Let me read this. I'm getting confused in my words. Let me read it. Better if I read it. Yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eats of it. You've you've lost that power because you wouldn't move when it was time to move. You didn't get your healing because you wouldn't move when it was time to move. Or better than that, you decided that was a good night to stay home because you were tired. Had a hard day at work, I appreciate that. Had a hard day at work, you were tired. It's just easier to sit in my easy chair if my feet popped up watching TV, but that was the night that God had ordained for your healing to occur. We were in a prayer meeting here about two years ago and Sarah Haynes brought in a young lady, maybe three years ago, brought in a young lady and they sat right there where Kenneth and Sarah are sitting. And she had a big issue. And, 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 matter of fact, they interrupted the prayer meeting that morning for her to be prayed for. And they brought her down here, and we all gathered around and we prayed for her. And the Holy Spirit touched her, and the anointing fell upon her, and she was blessed of God. And we had a time, we just worshiped God together. They went back there and sat down. We continued with the prayer meeting. About five minutes later, she, she poked Sarah and said, Let's go. And they left. I, I, I saw them talking. I think Sarah was trying to tell her she needed to stay, but they left. And right at I mean, they had no more cleared that door. They had no more cleared the door than God laid upon my heart a personal prophecy for this girl to, to encourage her and to tell her some plans that God had for her. I felt that prophecy come on my heart. I turned around and looked. They were gone. And I said, where did they go? They said, they're in the parking lot. Do you want me to run and get them? I said, no. No. Missed the season, missed the moment, squandered the opportunity because something because she got what she wanted and she didn't want to stay to get any more. Didn't want to stay and hear what else God was doing in anybody else's life. She got her. She's ready to go. Doesn't matter what God's doing in Kathy's life or or or. or whatever your Christy's life whatever your name is Christy's life or Tabby's life or Bo's life or Justin's life didn't care about that just cared that I got mine I interrupted a prayer meeting I caused everything to stop for me I got mine I'm good I'm leaving God had more but because she squandered that opportunity God removed that she didn't get that opportunity and it's that way whenever you're trying to get free from a vice Whenever you're trying to get free from some habit, when you're trying to get free when you're trying to get saved, when you're trying to change your life, I'm gonna tell you, God gives you opportunities to change your life. You have opportunities to grow in God. You had those opportunities. Don't tell me you don't, because I know you do. God's given every man the ability to be saved. God's given every man the ability to follow Christ. God's given every man the ability to, to walk with him. God's given every man this particular man had the ability to amass wealth but because God moved on his heart to give an extra thousand in the offering on Sunday morning he said I don't know if I got I just don't know if I can do that man if, you know, my son Kenan I hope he's watching my son Kenan when he was little um, if you if he had a pack of gum y'all know what a pack of gum is that's not that's not that big tub that's just that little tad thing they used to give out packs of gum they're about this big they had like six, six pieces in them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. If Kenan had a pack of gum and Kathy was to say, hey, Kenan, can I have a piece of gum? You know what his response would be? I only have five left. I only have five left. Well, then you can give me one, can't you? Well, then I only have four. That was his response. We had to break him of that. We had to say, well, four is fine. Give your mom a piece of gum (laughs) because I don't want to hear about it. Anyway, (laughs) I get to go home with you. Laughter's good. Laughter's good. If he hadn't broken himself out of that, if that hadn't been broken, then there would come a day when he would have hid that gum. When he wouldn't let nobody knew he had any gum. Why? Because he's having it all for himself. And when God moves on your heart, this man had amassed wealth, but God moved on his heart to tell him to start giving. There was a man in your Bible called a rich young ruler. This rich young ruler was rich. That's why they called him rich. He was rich for those of you that are okay anyway <laughs> I, I'm really degenerate on are progressing anyway he was a rich young ruler and he came to Jesus and he said what do I need to do to inherit eternal life and Jesus told him what keep the commandments which ones do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness he said I've done all these hallelujah I'm good praise God I've done them all I'm great good thing for me I've done all the commandments I'm a good kid And then the Lord looked at him and loved him, and he said, take your wealth, give it to the poor, take up your cross, follow me. Ooh. And the Bible said he went away sad. Why did he go away sad? Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and he meant a literal eye of a needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? It, and then the disciples said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What's he saying? He's saying that if, you, if you've amassed wealth, if you've amassed knowledge, if you've amassed pride, if you've amassed things that prevent you from stepping into the things that God has ordained for you to do, are you with me? If if you have if you have amassed those things, if you have amassed a, a good job, and you're making a good salary and you're making a good living, and God says quit it all and 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 and, I, and I've called you to go pastor a church that's that's on the backside of the desert, I want you to quit it all and go pa- pastor that church, and you begin to say, well, God. Uh, Whenever whenever I retire I'll do it whenever the kids get grown I'll do it whenever whenever I, it gets to be a little bit easier for me and my wife whenever I get $10,000 in the bank when you start putting conditions on it then what you've done is you begin to amass something against God That's going to squander that opportunity and then when you're ready to do it You'll find God has removed the desire for you to do it. If if God has moved on your heart to give something up, whether it's a habit or money or position or whatever God has moved upon your heart to give up and you continue to work in that and, and you begin to say, but God, I'm able to. My grandfather back in the 1930s and early 40s, last century, had an ability to make money. He owned a trucking company, and they were were making money. The war started, and and I know that he had one of the few abilities in the entire state of Oklahoma to be able to transport war materials across the state. He had a special license that gave him the ability to do that. And, and he had that license and, and they were making money and they were doing good and, and, and mom and, and her family lived in a brick home in the, in the early 40s and, and they had nice stuff and they had money. And God moved upon his heart at 38 years of age and told him, I want you to leave what you're doing and go into the ministry. He's got a trucking company. He's doing what he's always wanted to do. My grandfather, even to the, as long as I can remember him, when I was in the car with him and he stepped on the brakes in the car, he made them sound like air brakes. Then he would sound like a diesel. Every time we're in the car, it's not air brakes and it's a gasoline engine. But he makes it. We step on that. Loved trucks. Loved what he was doing had arrived in the world making money doing for his family doing great and God said give it all up and I want you to go and go into the ministry and and grandpa began to say well if I go in the ministry lord who's going to support this little church we're going to who's going to be able to take care of that pastor who's going God sent somebody to his business offered to buy him out but he said, Lord, if I do all that and go into ministry, where am I going to go? Where am I going to preach? I'm not a preacher. I hadn't been to school. What am I going to do? And you know what happened? His business went bankrupt. That business that was so profitable, that was making them such a good living. You know what he found out? That church did this fine without his money because he was bankrupt, went bankrupt Ended up going on an oil lease, taking care of a bunch of wells, living in a, government, in a company house. And while he was living in that company house, he heard about a little church that was close by that didn't have nothing, that was looking for a pastor. And he went over there and began to pastor. I ask you, what would have happened if he'd have said, Well, God, I'm at the bottom now. I can't be nobody's preacher. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, squandering opportunity. And it becomes easier to squander the next one squander a time when God's moving in your heart, and it comes easier to squander the next one Squander a time when the offering plate goes by and God says put a thousand dollars in it And you say oh well Lord. I only have a hundred and fifteen thousand left if I do that Squander the opportunity squander them Don't take advantage of them. Don't let the Lord move in your heart this morning sitting on the pew you're feeling the Lord dealing with your soul. You're feeling that camp meeting meet and start to rise. You're feeling the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord said, get out in that aisle and dance. And you say, oh, I can't do that, God. That would look so stupid. So what happens the next time? Just easier to say no. What happens after a year of doing it? You wonder why you ever thought it was important to begin with. And that camp meeting and that power and that anointing that God was going to place in your spirit because you crucified your flesh, crucified your own emotions. God's given you the ability now to amass wealth and amass power in the Word of God. God's given you all those things. And what did you do with it? What did you do with it? What did you do with it? God's given you the ability to sing. He's given you the ability to, 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 some of you, to amass wealth. He's given you the ability to be an influence in your, in your generation. He's given you the ability to, to influence people. Some of you in this room, we have some of the most popular kids in school in this room, in this very room. The kind of kids that I didn't sit with in school because I wasn't cool enough. We've got some of those in here. And God's given them that ability to be able to influence a generation, a culture, to be able to influence friends, to be able to do something great for the kingdom of God. But if you're more interested in other things and you miss the opportunities that God opens up in your life, you're going to find out that you wondered why it was ever so important to begin with. Why? Because God's given you the ability to amass wealth. Praise team, come back. I think I'm done. He's given you the ability to to be riches and wealth and honor, and you wanted for nothing Yet you desired, yet because you squandered the opportunities, then now you don't have the power to be able to do it. You don't have the power to receive your healing. You don't have the power to change your life. And now you're, now you're letting the devil in. Now you're letting the devil talk you out of your blessings you're not receiving them anymore. Wow, I wish I'd have saw this before, we'd have preached a few more minutes. You got a stranger now that's eating your blessing. There's a stranger now eating your blessing. There's a stranger now. The enemy has stolen your blessing and now somebody else is enjoying the things that you would enjoy. I'm, I'm telling you this morning, with all the love I can amass in my spirit, don't squander your opportunities. Don't, let your, don't talk yourself out of what God wants to do in your life today. Don't talk yourself out of what God wants to change in your heart right now. There's some of you right now that you, you, you came here this morning because you wanted to make a change in your life. But now we're fixing to get to the point where the rubber's gonna meet the road. We're about to get to the point to where the plow's going in the ground. And there's fixing to have to be a change. There's fixing to have to be an opportunity for you to receive what you came here today for. Whether it was deliverance from a habit, maybe some of you need to have deliverance from a bad spirit, maybe you're full of bitterness and anger because of something that's happened to you in your life. God's here today. He's already said, I'm here today to answer your prayers, to supply your needs, because whatsoever you ask in my name, believing, I shall do it. There's the the invitation. There's the invitation. And now we're fixing to put the rubber to the road. Are you going to follow what God's asked you to do? If God's called you into the ministry, if God's called you to, to, to work with kids, if God's called you to be working in the nursery, if God's called you with a voice to be able to be a singer, if God's called you with the ability to amass wealth, if God's called you to, to the ability to, to be wise and make good decisions, if, if God's called you to change your life and to touch another person's life and to be different than what you've been, are, are, you, are you going to listen to that today? Let me get up here where you can see Are you going to hear what God is saying? Are you going to respond to what God's given you to do this morning? Are you going to let that? You know, we got several businessmen in here today. We got several of you guys are businessmen. I mean, I look across here and I see a lot of y'all that are in business. And every one of these guys, I've watched them. I've been here now almost 16 years. And I've watched these guys. I've watched them. John, some of you guys, have you been in business? And I've watched every one of them come to the point where they had to make a step into something that was bigger than them. Every one of them. They've had to make a step. They had to make a step into something that was bigger than them. That step was there, it came to them It was an opportunity, but it was bigger than anything they had done before. And it may have been so big, a couple of times I've seen it where it was so big that they didn't even know if they could do it. It was such a big opportunity, they they weren't sure it could even be done by them. And I've watched them. And you know who they are. I've watched them as they've stepped in and said, God, if you bring it to me, you'll bring me through. If God brought it to me, then God's going to bring me through it. And I've watched them as they've stepped into those opportunities and they've said, God, <laughs> we're either going to sink or swim right here. This is it. And they've moved into them. And the ones that have stepped into them, I've watched as God poured blessing. Poured blessing. Gave them the ability. Brought them the people. Gave them the finances. Oh, it may have been rough at first. They may have come down here a few times and said, Oh God, this this isn't turning out like I thought it was. This isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Lord, you're going to have to do something here. I'm in a bind. And I've watched as God has rescued them. And prospered them and blessed them. And this church today. Is blessed. By a lot of you. That have taken steps. And stepped into things that were bigger than you. That God has prospered you in. And you have poured your finances. Your heart. Your love back into this church. And God has continued to bless you. And bless you. And bless you. And bless you. But the Bible says that if you draw back. If you draw back in the day of adversity, then your strength was strong, was small. If you draw back, if you pull back in your day and you begin to say, oh God, I don't know. There's, there's, Oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm trying to find a place to land this give me just a minute there's a place in your Bible where a guy comes to Jesus and he says I'll follow you wherever I go and what did he tell him the foxes have holes the birds have nests but the son of man has not to wear laid away, has not a place to lay his head what did he mean Jesus had a house in Capernaum he had a man in his group that was a treasurer he had money What did he mean, I don't have a place to lay my head? He means that I don't know where the Holy Spirit's leading me today, and if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to be just as led. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to be just as led like him. And if he tells you today to get up and head to Samaria, then you get up and head to Samaria. Another comes to him and says, suffer me first to go bury my father. Now, if you read a little bit of research on that story, you'll find out that that father was sick, but he wasn't dead. And what he's saying is, wait till my family situation gets okay, then I'll come follow you. Just, just wait a little while, Lord, till I get my kids raised. Just wait a little while, Lord, till I get my finances in the right. Just wait a little while, Lord, till I get everything like I want it, and then I'll follow you. The third one, as I'm rapidly coming to a close, the third one is this. He said, let me go back first and bid my family farewell. And Jesus told him what? He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. What was he telling him? He was telling him, let me go get my family's approval. Let me go talk to my wife and make sure it's okay with her. That's what I would have done. Let me go. Why am I doing that? I am so sorry. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be doing that. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I need it. Yeah. Should have stopped a while ago. I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't said that I, I am I am I don't mean to say that but anyway when y'all are looking at me so serious you make me nervous so let me go for, look back and bid my family farewell let me go make sure it's okay with them first and Jesus said if you put your hand to the plow if you got to have everybody else's approval before you do it if you got to make sure that it's good with everybody else for you come to the front if you've got to make sure that everything else is good before you do what I ask you to do, then you're not fit for the kingdom. You know why? Because you're going to run into situations where you're all by yourself. We were talking this morning about a particular servant of David who stood alone in the field of beans. But I can guarantee you from reading that story, you'll find out that he didn't start out alone. They were all talking about how they're going to kill them Philistines. Baby, we're going to get out there. We're going to protect that field. They're not taking our beans no more. We'll show them we're, we're tough. We're powerful. We're the children of Israel. We're going to stand strong. They're not going to take our beans no more. And they all went out there to fill that field of, of, of peas, beans, whatever it was. It's, it's beans, lentils. They're out there. They're going to all defend them. But then that Philistine army shows up and a few of them went, Ooh, that's pretty big. I think I'll. And a few more said, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I'm right behind you, brother. I'm right, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. I'm going to go get help. <laughs> I'll be back. And before long, what did he find? Where'd everybody go? Where'd everybody go? But by this time, the Philistines were too close. He couldn't run. So he said, well, he just started swinging the sword. And the Bible says that he swung it for so long that his hand cramped. And he couldn't let go of it but with that sword he killed all the Philistines and he defended that field of beans and I'm gonna tell you there's gonna be times when you're following Jesus when there ain't nobody gonna agree with you when your family's gonna say oh don't do that that's stupid don't, don't get involved with that group. They're a, bunch of, they're a bunch of radicals. Don't be involved in that. That's not going to work for you. It didn't work for your grandfather. It didn't work for your father. It's not going to work for you either. And you're going to have to stand in that field of beans all by yourself. And if you're not determined to do it, you won't keep your hand to the plow. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's quit. Well, I still got some friends. Do I still have some friends? Oh, Kathy, are you still talking to me? Ooh. Y'all pray for me. Stand with me this morning if you would. Don't, don't, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Don't squander this opportunity. God has, I, I've seen it on your face as I've wandered around this place. I've seen it on your face. I've seen God dealing with your soul today as I've been preaching. I've, I've watched your mind cycle through some stuff. I've watched it on your face. And I'm telling you this morning, as they begin to play and worship God, if God's been dealing on your heart with something, then I want you to leave your seat and come down here to the front and begin to receive what God has given you. And you may have said, I've done it before and it didn't work. Come back again. And I tried it before and I couldn't live it. Come back again. As long as you're coming back, then the God's not going to allow that stranger to come and steal your blessing as long as you're coming back but when you get to the point that you start reasoning it out and you start squandering those opportunities then a stranger is going to eat your blessing and you're going to die with a fortune that your kids are all going to spend and have a good time with but you're not going to eat any of it so if God's moving in your heart then now's the moment for you to leave and to come down here and begin to say God I'll go whatever God's moving on your heart about. If it's forgiveness, if you need forgiveness then come down here and receive it. If you need a habit broken, then come down here and and let the Lord break your habit. If you need to change your life, then come down here this morning and let God change your life. If If you need to just be filled with the Holy Spirit, then come down here and let the Holy Spirit fill you. Whatever you need this morning, what he said, he's already said, whatever you need this morning is in this house for you to receive. It's just a matter of walking down an aisle and receiving it. Freely it has been given. Freely you can receive it. If that's you this morning, then make your way down. Make your way down. Lift your hands and begin to tell God what's in your heart and just begin to receive it. Begin to receive it. Begin to act on it. Begin to let the Lord move in your heart with it. And let God begin to make changes in your spirit this morning. i got him on my
1: knees. Yeah
0: We're going to sing another song. But some of you in your mind, you've said, I'll do it when it's convenient for me. I'll, I'll do it, Lord, but I'll do it when it's convenient for me. And I want to let you know this morning that the Lord's telling you that that's a waster of your time. It's a waster of his time. Because he's not asking you to do it when it's convenient for you. He's asking you to do it when the harvest is in the field and it's time for something to happen is this on he's not asking you for you he's asking you because he knows when the crop is ready to be harvested and if you sit there and say this morning well I'll do it whenever it's convenient then I'm going to tell you you're going to miss your crop you're going to miss your harvest I just read to you there's a season for everything so this morning I feel like some of you and I don't know who you are But I feel like some of you need to make your way down here and say, God, I know the time is now. And I'm going to move now. I'm going to do it now. Because if not when, here, then where? And if not now, then when? So as they sing this morning, if God's dealing with your soul about your procrastination, about putting off what God has given you today, You think God's going to always deal with your heart, but this scripture tells me there's going to come a time when God quits dealing with you, or that's not true. He'll he'll keep dealing with you, but you'll get to where you're not listening, and you'll squander it on something else. So this morning, as Mike sings, if that's you, maybe you're already down here. Some of you need to go ahead and surrender and say, God, I give it to you. I just give it to you. Today, today, I give it to you.
1: I love you, Lord,
0: for your mercy never fails me.
1: In all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I was.
2: your problems, into your hearts, yea and even out of this group there will be amazement come there will be things seen by other men and they'll wonder how it happened for no man could have done it but only I have released the power only I have said yes and amen to your situations only I have provided for you and when it those men ask you how did it happen don't hold back spread my name tell them how I've changed it tell them what I've done some will believe some will not but do your duty and tell them what I've done for that is all I require of you to spread my word but I have moved in your situations I have changed the lightnings and thunderings around you, I've quieted them down to a sunny day. Those situations will fade away. Those things that were so rough on you, so boisterous to you are going to fade away. For I have moved.
0: Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning, would you? Why don't we just spend a moment, just lift your hands right there where you're at and just begin to thank God for the answers in your life today. Father, we thank you, oh God, that because we have yielded to you, God, you have given us the power to do what you've given us to do, God. We have that power and we have that ability, Lord God, because you've given it to us, God. We have the power to believe, oh God, and to have faith, oh God. We have the power to see the very things that you have promised come to pass because you've given us that power, Lord God. And we haven't squandered the opportunity, Lord God, and allowed the enemy to steal, oh God. But we have stepped into the promise that you've given us, Father. And we thank you for the power to accomplish that today, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for the mighty works that you've done in our lives today, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something today, and then we're going to receive an offering. Um, but I'm going to ask you to do something. I, I want you to, where you're standing, you're standing in a lot of different areas, but I, I want you to to find you a group around you of of no more than five, just four or five of you. just and And I want you to form circles, if you would, in here, just no more than 5 just 4 or 5 of you well, I'd like for everybody to participate but if you don't if you don't want to it's okay but I'd like for 4 or 5 of you to make sure there's make sure there's four not less than 3 and not more than 5 so if there's more than 5 find you another group it can be as small as 3 but and the reason I don't want more than 5 is because if you get more than 5 then 3 of you won't say nothing and one of you do all the talking like me. So at three, uh, 3 to 5, I want you to pray together. And I just want you to pray one for another right now. I just want you to begin to, to lift up that person. Some of you this morning has gotten saved or your life has changed. I want you all to gather around that one and begin to pray with them. Huh? Amen. Just, just, begin to, just begin to call out their name and begin to praise God. And thank. if somebody needs more prayer, then you just pray for them. But just for a moment, I want us to have these prayer circles. Heavenly Father. God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we pray right now, Father. Lord, let your Holy Spirit, God, let it let it touch and move in each each one of these circles, God. Each one of these circles, oh God, hallelujah, is a circle of believers. God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, let your glory fill these circles, God. Let your power, Lord God, fill these circles, God. Lord God, thank you for the healings, the deliverances, the things that you've done. Today, Lord God, we seal it by your Holy Spirit, God. Let your Holy Spirit seal it now, God. Let your Holy Spirit seal it today, God. Let it be sealed now by the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Seal it, almighty God. Seal it, Almighty God. Seal it, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, God. My God, let your power, let your authority, God, come into each group, Father God. Let your glory, Lord God. Let your glory minister in every group, O God. Father, not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit, Almighty God. Not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit, Almighty God not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit, almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Seal their decisions today, God. Seal their victories today, God. Seal their decisions today, God. Seal it, oh God, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let your glory, let your glory, let your glory, let your glory. Hallelujah. Seal it, almighty God. Seal it by the power of God. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Glorolobo kondolobo shatalanaba kondololobo shatalama. Glory to God, 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 glory to God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit doing the work, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit ministering, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Do your work, God. Do your work, God. Do your work, God. Do your work. God. Do your work. Handai. My God we worship you. Yes Lord. yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord. Thank you God. thank you God, thank you God, thank you God, thank you God. Hallelujah Jesus. Hallelujah Jesus, hallelujah. in Jesus name, in Jesus name, not by might nor by power. By my spirit, saith the Lord God Almighty. Not by might nor by power. By my spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Not by might nor by power. By my spirit, saith the Lord God of hosts. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Elorolobo Sorolobo Kandolomo Shandalama Hundai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let love flow, God. Let love flow, Father. Let love flow, Father. Let love flow. Glory to God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise Your name, Lord. 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 Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus Jesus is the sweetest name I know And he's just the same As his lovely name That's the reason why I love him so For Jesus is the sweetest name I know I love him I love him because he first loved me and first my salvation on Calvary's tree. And I love him, I love him. Because he first loved me And purchased my salvation On Calvary's tree And Jesus is the sweetest name I know And he's just the same as his lovely name, that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. We've had miracles, we've had deliverances, some still going on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You stay as long as you want. If you have an offering, if you have an offering, just bring it up here. If you need to go, go. You're dismissed. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit continue to do what the Holy Spirit's doing here this morning. God bless you. We'll see you back tonight at 6 o'clock. We've got a mission at crowning tonight, so y'all come out tonight and support our girls and all of our girls' ministries. Thank you so much. Hey, Fred, why don't you take, why don't you take one of those and kind of hold it so people don't like that. Tim, if you'd get that other one there and just kind of hold it, if y'all.